Welcome to Our Jewish Roots with insightful Bible teaching from Israel with Dr. Jeffrey Seif. This week, we start our new series, Joshua, More Than a Conqueror. So glad you've joined us today on our Jewish Roots. I'm David Hart. I'm Kirsten Hart. And I am Jeffrey Seif. And I and we are glad that you are there, aren't we? We are. Well, this is a great series that you are teaching us about our Jewish Roots, and we're talking about Joshua. The Bible's teaching us, but I'd like to look at the news through the eyes of the Jews, particularly to look at the story of how to be more than a conqueror. So many people are conquered. We got to learn how to get the better of it all. It's all in the book. And I think we're going to learn in this series that we need a lot more Joshua's in this world today. Amen. Yes. We do. We'll hear more teaching from Dr. Jeffrey Seif in Israel. But first, let's go to our dramatic reenactment where Joshua discusses what happened on Mount Sinai with Moses. What happened at Mount Sinai was a miracle personal message to Moses, inscribed in stone by the very finger of Adonai. Days later, it's left me wondering, still searching for words to explain our journey on the mount. Why'd he choose me? He could have chosen any of the elders. Gershom, Eliezer. There was this thick cloud that covered us. For six days, nothing could be seen. And all the more I wondered why he'd chosen me. You speak of Mount Sinai. Yes. Joshua, Moses thinks highly of you. Did you ascend to the top of the mount with him? No. On the seventh day, the glory of the Lord overcame us. Like a magnificent ball of fire from heaven. Yes, we saw it. The Lord beckoned Moses, and he ascended the remainder of the mount alone. Right through those clouds. Forty days. Forty long days and nights before I would see him again carrying those stone tablets. We descended the mount together, and I heard what I thought were sounds of war from the camp. But it wasn't war. No. It was much worse than war. Our people were carousing before this golden calf. They were making sacrifices and singing and dancing. It was an abomination, an absolute abomination and thousands died because of it. The Lord has had his vengeance. The land of promise can still be ours. 
if we are on his side. Despite the golden calf, he told Moses that in the days to come, he would send an angel that would lead us to victory. Write this down and make it very clear. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I know one day I will walk upon that land. I just know it. Joshua wanted it made perfectly clear he would one day walk upon the land of promise, even though he knew the going would be difficult. Many grumbled and complained along the way, but what happened atop Mount Sinai would prove to be significant in shaping the initial leadership and the ultimate destiny of the children of Israel. The journey from Mitzrayim, from Egypt, to Eretz Kanaan, the land of Canaan, it was a tough journey. It's tough terrain here, as you can see, out in the wilderness. Tough place. It took tough people to carve out some space in this land. Moshe Rabbeinu, Moses, is foremost in the list. He's well known because he spent 40 years out here in the wilderness before he went back to Egypt to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt. But even as he led them out, according to the biblical text, he wasn't alone in so doing as a leader. I mention that because though Moses gets all the attention initially, and rightly so as the principal leader, he had an assistant. His name was Joshua. Interesting fellow, to be sure. His name was Hosea originally, but his name was changed from a word for salvation to Jehoshua. That is, God is salvation. And he was going to learn that. Interesting word in Hebrew. In Greek, salvation, sozo, means uh, save, uh, it means heal, be made whole, put back together again. The word Yeshua or Joshua in Hebrew, it means to uh, heal, it means to deliver, it means to redeem, to save. And Joshua was all that. And in so doing, he led Israel. And he indeed was more than just a conqueror, though he was that to be sure. In the Jewish world, it's believed that all we ever needed for biblical revelation was the book of uh, the books of Moses and the book of Joshua. That's it had been the end of it. If you look in the biblical text in the Torah and the five books of Moses is land that's vouchsafed to a people. And then Joshua let them in and that should have been the end of it. They should have prospered there, but it didn't quite go that way. But that's a story for another day. Our story here is to take a look at the book and find out about this man who indeed was more than just a conqueror. Of course, there's a, a, a book named after him. I'm less interested in that at the outset as I am some background information on him. And for that, we begin in the book Shmot in Hebrew or Exodus. Uh, there's a story here where uh, we're told that, and I wanna look in chapter 24 in uh, the text where we're told as 
Moshe Rabbeinu as Moses ascends Sinai out here in the wilderness. As he goes up, we discover that he didn't go up alone. I'm looking in chapter 24, verse 13, and the numbers don't always sync up to the English Bible. I'm reading here from the Masoretic text out of the Hebrew. We're told, Vayakon Moshe v'yehoshua misharto. And Moses rose up along with Joshua, his minister. It's interesting the way Jews uh, translate the word for Joshua as his minister, uh, his attendant. Uh, his servant. The point is that Moses was there, but he wasn't just there. Joshua, who's going to become a principal leader later, is identified as a principal servant initially. And I mentioned that. It interests me that uh, uh, Moses had sons. And it's not at all uncommon, as you would know, amongst priests amongst kings, do you have dynasties? You know, the, the kids follow in the family business. But God's business isn't a family business here when it comes to a prophet, it's different. And Joshua, the book, is, is slated there in the Hebrew Bible among the prophets. There's the word Navi to bubble forth. He brought forth a word and he brought forth new direction for the people of Israel. Very interesting. But we're told here that Moses is principal, but Joshua is there with him as a servant. I think this is lost in modernity. In the trades it used to be, you would have an electrician and then you would have someone who's a servant to the master electrician. A plumber, you would have a servant. People, uh, as they get into the trades, they're guided by a more senior hand. Today, the young, we just want to go get it and seize it. Here, interestingly, you have Moshe Rabbeinu, Moses, but Joshua is there with him. Not only here on Sinai, we're told, and we're told that the minister is there, and then Ravayal Moshe El Har Elohim, and then Moses went up to the mountain of God that uh, uh, Moses went up all the way, but, but, but Joshua was there with him for part of the way. Not just here, by the way. Elsewhere, when uh, Moshe Rabbeinu was in the Mishkan, this portable worship center, the, the tent of meeting elsewhere, we're told that the Joshua was there. Joshua was a go-to guy to fight battles as well. He just was with him as an able assistant, not his own sons. The rabbis say that his sons weren't worthy for it, and they, they're given scant mention in the Bible. But you can see here that this man who was going to lead them in a conquest himself was more than just a conqueror. He was a man with a heart for God as evidenced by his loyalty. He's there in the sanctuary, and here he is at the moment of divine revelation when Moshe Rabbeinu goes up Har Sinai to get the luchos, the tablets, to come down with the Ten Commandments. We're told that Joshua is there with him. He was more than just a soldier like David who would come later. He too was a man who was after God's own heart, and it's for that reason that he was more than just a conqueror. Our Creator chose certain places on the planet to reveal Himself and His message of redemption to us. Mount Sinai, Moriah, Olives, the Mount of Beatitudes, as well as various seas, rivers, and deserts these were the places. Some are now only ruins, 
yet they continue to tell of the Lord's faithfulness and love. These sacred backdrops have been beautifully captured in our resource. This week, the book, Heaven and Earth, Landmarks of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. Our producer and director, Ken Berg, has assembled some of his favorite photographs taken during his four decades of travel through the lands of the Bible. Contact us and ask for the book, Heaven and Earth. For many, a trip to the Holy Land is the dream of a lifetime. The Bible truly comes alive as you see the sites where so many biblical events happened. Come on a Zola tour in the spring to see Israel and Petra, or in the fall to add a cruise to Greece and Ephesus. See the land of the Bible for yourself. Contact us to reserve your dream of a lifetime. This whole series is about Joshua and his life. And something important about Joshua is he crossed the Red Sea with Moses. And what we offer all our viewers and those that are involved with our ministry is the opportunity to go to Israel, but also to go down to Eilat, the city of Eilat, Israel, is actually on the Red Sea. It's absolutely yes. gorgeous. I'll say this too, in our 30 years of marriage, we've had a lot of opportunities to travel. One of the places I'd love to go is the Riviera. We've never been, but when we go to Eilat, it feels to me when seeing pictures of the Riviera, it's just beautiful. it looks exactly like that place full of five-star hotels, a boardwalk, it's beautiful. We'd love for you to join us. We go two times a year in the fall and also in March. So check our ministry website and yes. come with us. Go to Israel. And also we thank you so much for your support in our ministry. Right now, let's go back to Dr. Seif's teaching in Israel. Moshe Rabbeinu, Moses is up there on the mountain and Joshua is with him. And uh, Joshua hears something we're told later in the 32nd chapter, we're skipping over a few here, but we want to get to the life of Joshua and his confidence that he is going to, with them, make it into Eretz Canaan, the land of Canaan. The word confidence comes from the Latin confides, and it's with faith. There's something in the heart that just prompts you to believe that you have a future. And you not only need it back then to win wars, uh, you need it today. You need it today, I need it today, a kind of faith uh, to reach into the future. Well, we're, we're following this man before he becomes a leader, and uh, Moshe Rabbeinu here is the principal. Joshua has not been given the mantle yet, but he's there, and he hears there's a problem. He's at a place where he hears that all of Israel has kind of slidden off the rails. It kind of happens. We're told here in chapter 32, and I'm looking in verse uh, 15, uh, I'm looking in verse 17, actually. This is out of the Masoretic, the Hebrew Bible. We're told, Vayishma Yehoshua et kol ha'am bereo. And Joshua heard the noise of the people as they shouted. There's, but it's not a victory chant. You know, there's something going on at the base camp a golden calf, you know, debauchery, revelry, the thing has gone south. It's the proverbial, when the cats are away, the mice play. And they were playing on steroids here. I mean, the thing was just out of control. It's pathetic. We're told here that uh, Joshua heard the noise. And we're told, Vayomer el Moshe, and then he pivots and says, 
to Moses. Call milchama b'machane. There is the noise of war in the camp. And this precipitates them, the descent from the mountain. I'm sure you know the story. Uh, Moshe Rabbeinu was not a happy camper. The luchos, the tablets that were uh, given to him by the Lord according to the literature, he throws down at his feet, not on his feet, but at him, grinds him into powder. I mean, it's just a really bad moment. But against the turbulence of those trying times, there's a man who shines, not just at this moment, but elsewhere at these pivotal moments when we look at the life of Moshe Rabbeinu. We see this fellow Yehoshua in the shadows, but eventually he won't just be in the shadows. He himself will be at the vanguard as the principal leader, but we're not there yet. Oh, you know the story of the golden calf. It's bad. It's bad. And uh, there's a judgment that's meted out. And I should say that if you look at that judgment, that 3,000 or so were slain according to the literature in the book of Exodus. And that's interesting, not to glory in anyone's death, but what's fascinating, on the day when Moshe Rabbeinu comes down with the luchos, there's a day that Jews celebrate. It's called Chagzman Matan Torah, the Feast of the Giving of the Torah. Uh, it's known by a Greek term to New Testament readers, Pentecost. It's fascinating. In the New Testament world, Jews are assembled in Jerusalem. We're told in Acts chapter 2, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were gathered together. And we're told then that the Ruach HaKodesh, that the Holy Spirit, fell upon them. And we're told subsequent to that then, on that very day, we're told that Peter gets up and preaches and that 3,000 people come to life. They're baptized. They get saved. I don't think it's an accident. It's on that day, that very day, this day, this moment, when Moshe Rabbeinu comes down from the mountain, uh, that 3,000 people are lost. When the law was given, when the Torah was given, it went south. Fast forward the tape in the New Testament world, it's on that very day when the, this new covenant is, is, is poured out, 3,000 people come to life. I think God's balancing his ledger. It's a fascinating story, but I, I don't want to push everything over to the New Testament world yet because I want to look at a man who was more than just a conqueror. We see it here that uh, uh, Moses is gone and Joshua with him, and Aaron does a really bad job there at the camp. I'm not impressed with him. He comes up with these cockamamie excuses when Moses comes down. Well, you know, the people, uh, you know, where's leadership? Where is that spine? Where is that dogged determination? Aaron just kind of pivots and lays the blame on the people. He's a little weak. Now, in all fairness, this is all brand new to them. They're all just getting their feet underneath them. But Joshua is different. He seems to me steady as steady can be. This is the guy later on, by the way. And now I'm pivoting to the end of the Joshua story. And here my purpose is just to begin it in this great series on more than just a conqueror. One of the more famous lines to speak of this conqueror later on, he's going to be resolute and you'll hear it in his voice when it's penned in the literature uh, for all the ages. When he says, as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. In fact, at the beginning uh, of the book, Joshua, and we'll get to that in the next program, uh, 
uh, we'll be seeing more of the particulars of the book as we consider the story of Joshua. Uh, but uh, the Lord tells him that you will cause these people to inherit. That is, Joshua, you fear not. You know, it takes someone with that eye of the tiger, with that dogged determination, with that faith, faith in God. And for my readers and for me, a faith that's revealed in the person of Jesus, uh, it's that, that, that dogged determination to, uh, you know, Paul tells Timothy to seize, to lay hold of the eternal life. It takes that because if you don't have the resolve to do it, if you are not going to say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We live in a world today where oftentimes it's the woman who's more religious, more pious, drags the kids off to church, Sunday school, kind of leans on her husband to put some money in the offering plate. Uh, uh, better it is that it's a man who's like Joshua, who is doggedly determined to be more than just a conqueror in a religious sense, to leave a legacy. If it's a male of the species in a family system who puts his stamp that it's, it's his determination that leads in this regard, that me and my house, my this house. is who we're going to be. We will. If daddy does it, there is a much better chance that the children are going to live it out in the next generation. I saw a wonderful study to prove that up. And I think it's a great point. And I'm going to close this program on that point, reminding that in as much as Joshua was more than just a conqueror, let's take a cue from him and be more than just a conqueror ourselves. And now over to my very good friend Chaim Mailspin, a leader in the Israeli Defense Forces, had the opportunity to connect with him in Israel where he taught us about leadership. Master Sergeant Mailspin, Everyone wants to be the big leader. What do they teach you in the Israeli Defense Forces about being an assistant, about being a follower? It's all about being a team and understanding the chain of command and being able to follow orders. And, and part of our core values that we are sworn to follow, the 10 core values, I know there's purity of arms, there's personal example, but the main one is to be a team player. I remember when I joined this unit, this is my unit Yalom, which is the special forces for um, special missions and tactics. It's uh, combat engineer corps. And uh, so we were trained that uh, when, when we do the initiation, uh, we had to actually carry our friend up a mountain and down and you know and they continually watch you and I don't know what they're watching for but they're looking for integrity they're looking for tenacity of mission they're looking for personal example and they're looking for someone who's a team player and so when they saw that I was helping people I just was in my uh, I wasn't trained for that in the army that was from my home I was trained in this and how to follow orders and they said you continue to take care of your friends and when I did that I noticed that they kept on writing my name down on these little notes and what that was is every time I helped someone and you get a certain amount, and that's how I was accepted to this unit. It's an elite unit, and it's interesting too, in the Bible, Joshua shows himself faithful behind the scenes all the time before he gets the mantle of command. Absolutely. I know that Israel's army has had many numerous uh, highlights. I remember when we first got to the, the Wailing Wall, you know, in the modern rebirth of Israel in 1967, and they went in there as a team and they risked their lives to go behind then was enemy lines, which way back in the day was a Jebusite city. But then, like now, there is this ability to say, hey, will we maintain our trust in the God of Israel and even our trust in the, the ones who are mandated leaders over us. So you have to be trustworthy. Thanks, Sarge.
It's, it's a pleasure. <laughs> This said my Lord, this said my Lord, on the day that he died for me. On the day that he That's music from our founder, Zola Levitt. It's hard to believe he's been gone now for the past 13, almost 14 years. Well, we hear his voice and we see him still, but you know, there's the business of the future. We don't forget the past and we honor him. He was a professionally trained musician. That's right. Years, degrees in the field, in fact. Doctorates, I believe. Well, he went up to the doctoral degree, never wrote his dissertation. <laughs> I want to jump into Joshua. It's something I love about him as a person is he was not afraid to learn and to be an apprentice of Moses. He wasn't afraid to be in that subservient, should I say? Right, and, and he was there as an apprentice, but then the mantle was on him. It's just, it's the nature of things. No one lives forever. And, uh, you know, Joshua had to follow in Moses' footsteps, and, uh, and we follow in uh, Zola's. It is what it is. We remember the past, but we reach for the future. Right. I think he'd be happy to know that we're continuing his legacy. Correct? I think so. Many don't no. continue. This is well over a decade since he went on to be with the Lord. Wow. And that's a tribute to the founders that love our Jewish roots. Yes, it's all about that. And we, we have such a desire to learn especially from the Old Testament. There's so much rich history that we're just not taught in churches. I think our viewers are interested in these panels behind us, modern Israel. I think they're interested in looking at biblical literature. They want to look at the good news through the eyes of the Jews. That business carries on until it's all over for all of us. And Joshua is just such a great man to learn what's our position and how do we get to that next place. Right, and he picked up the torch and gave us a great example also say this too that there's no way that we could do any of this without your continued support so we thank you for that let's continue this great legacy that zola brought us let's do it and thank you so much and as you go the way zola used to go sha'alu shalom yerushalayim pray for the peace of jerusalem join us right now for additional content that is only available on our social media sites facebook youtube and twitter Visit our website, levitt.com, for the current and past programs, the television schedule, tour information, and our free monthly newsletter, which is full of insightful articles and news commentary. View it online, or we can ship it directly to your mailbox every month. Also on our website is the online store. There, you can order this week's resource, or you can always give us a call at 1-800-WONDERS. Your donations to Our Jewish Roots 
Help us to support these organizations as they bless Israel. Please remember we depend on tax-deductible donations from viewers like you. This has been a paid program brought to you by Zola Levitt Ministries.